Good morning again. Thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity uh, to share with you some of the things that God's putting in my heart. Thank you, James. And uh, I really feel that we are one team. I don't feel that uh, I have a separate ministry than your ministry because your church support my ministry and I feel like that email that uh, I gave you about that Muslim that came to Christ is a, a result of uh, our partnership. And I am looking forward that God will use us in a much greater way in the future. Now I have one request. Can you come a little bit closer to me? I know American culture uh, focus on give me my space. But today we're going to focus on the Muslim culture. So get outside of your comfort zone a little bit and come closer to me so I can look at your eyes and uh, we can make eye contact. Uh, the Muslim culture focus on let's get close to each other. And that will be your first lesson today about uh, Islam and the Muslims. Muslim culture focus on family, groups, together. But the American culture focus on the individual. My rights, my freedom. And uh, after I worked as a lawyer in Egypt, I lived with my parents. Even though my father wrote a kandu by my name, but I left my kandu empty and I left, lived with my parents because I want to wake up, I want to see my mother, I want to hug my mother, I want to kiss my mother, I want to hear my father arguing with my mother. <laughs> I want to be with them. This is the culture. Uh, and of course I was not dysfunctional or anything like that. <laughs> I wanted to be with my parents. Now, today I want to give you a little bit about uh, uh, the big picture, an idea about the big picture as far as Islam and the Muslims, because God will use it to shape your respond to Muslims. But let's uh, say a prayer for just uh, a few seconds, because I have a lot of information I want to share with you, and uh, really want to uh, depend on God 100% to guide every minute. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, God, that you brought us here today. We commit this time into your hand, God, because we know that without you, we cannot do anything. We cannot do anything spiritual. And I acknowledge my weaknesses, God, and shortcomings and uh, inability, God, to serve you as I should or to do anything spiritual, God. Totally uh, put my trust on you today that you will enable me to communicate uh, your thoughts uh, and uh, trust in you, God, that you will work in the hearts and minds of my brothers and sisters to deliver to them what you desire to communicate to them, God. Uh, we ask God to help us use every minute, every second, uh, for our benefit, God, and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the first uh, part of the big picture I want to communicate to you is that uh, Islam is growing very rapidly all over the world. Almost every four persons living in the world today, one of them is a Muslim. 
Uh, I was in Africa and Asia. Islam is growing, of course, very rapidly there. But I was teaching three pastors and the mission conferences in Europe last year. Almost all the missionaries and pastors told me the same thing. Sami, Islam is growing in Europe faster than Christianity. I was shocked. I still don't believe it. But that's what I heard from most of the people. Islam also is growing almost in every city in the United States. Uh, for your knowledge, California has the largest Muslim population in the United States. Los Angeles has the first largest Muslim population in the States. The second is San Diego or, guess what, Orange County. Orange County have about four, five hundred thousand Muslims. When I want to evangelize Muslims and give them my book, I just go out with my wife. Any place. She tell me, take me to Fashion Island, I want to take a walk, take me to the beach, Corona Dermar, take me to the mall. Every time I go, I take my book in Arabic and English and I see Muslim, give them the book. Second the part of the big picture, very few Christians, even pastors, know anything or do anything in America to reach Muslims with the gospel. Your pastor is an exception, Pastor Neil. Most of the pastors in America don't think like Pastor Neil thinks, or like James Reese, the one who uh, does the missions, think. When I talk to James uh, a few times, every time he tells me, we are very interested about reaching Muslims. <laughs> this man is serious. I told him, I'm so glad to hear that. Because most of the pastors in America are usually busy taking care of their uh, churches. They don't think about Muslims. <laughs> so, what does that have to do with the big picture? Well, it has to do a lot. Why? Because the churches in America spend billions of dollars every year on herself to enjoy a good Christian life and to re-evangelize people in America that have been evangelized before hundreds, thousands of times through radio and TV and publications. And the churches in America don't spend 0.1% of her time, resources, money, prayers to communicate the message of the gospel to the Muslim world, including the Muslims in America and Europe, who never heard it communicated to them one time in their lifetime, especially in a way they can understand. Because most of us know that communication takes place not only in the words of the speaker, but also in the understanding of the listener. Let me give you an example. The way people, uh, young women, get married in Egypt, or almost in any Muslim country, uh, that's how my both sisters got married when a man saw my sister in the university, he liked her, he will not ask her out. But he will talk to his family, his family will talk to my family. My family will ask questions about him and his family for a few months. If we received good answers, we invite him to visit us with his family. My whole family will sit down together with him, look at him, ask him difficult questions. 
<laughs> if he answered the questions right, he got good brain, he is emotionally healthy, my sister will come out of her bedroom, he can talk to her in our presence, after a few months they go out, my older brother will go out with them for a few months, you're talking about torturing process before engagement or marriage. Now imagine I came to America 1980, uh, was lonely, and I met a beautiful American woman worshiping God, and I told her, Sami Tanago, ministry to Muslims. She said, great, God loves the Muslims and wants them, want to save them. I told her, great, can I get your parents' phone number, please? My parents, why? Please give me your parents' phone number. Do not make this any more difficult. Now, to me, this is, you're laughing now, but I was hurt then. But that's okay. God gave me what I wanted anyway. <laughs> to me, this is the most honorable, respectable way to approach a woman. To enter through the door of the family. To her, this is the most uncool, idiotic, stupid way that any man can approach her. What happened? Miscommunication. To communicate the gospel effectively to Muslims, God wants to teach us a few simple information so we can communicate it in a way that is in harmony with the Muslim culture and the Muslim belief. So they can understand what are we talking about. Muslims don't have any idea what these Christian preachers talk about. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He was praying to his God. My God, my God, why you have uh, <laughs> forsaken me, you know. <laughs> he was talking to his God and uh, Jesus is your God. His God forsook him. What are you talking about? God loves his son. God loves his son. And watched him being murdered. If you have a children and a bunch of criminals killing one of your child. Wouldn't you love your child? Wouldn't you go to rescue him? And that's exactly what the Quran told us. God rescued Jesus from the death. What I mean, I mean is that churches in America did not provide answers to the most important questions Muslims have. The churches in America did not take the time to understand the Muslim mindset, the Muslim belief, the Muslim objections about the Christian faith, the Muslim culture, and did not make an effort to help them understand the gospel. They never used illustrations, parables, stories that illustrate the Christian teachers in a Middle Eastern context. They didn't take the time. Even though in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, God commanded and said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And of course, in Ephesians 4, remember this, Ephesians 4, Verses 11 and 12, God said that he gave the church pastors, teachers, why? <laughs> why? To equip the church to do the works of the ministry. 
God did not give teachers and pastors to increase the knowledge of the church just for knowledge's sake. This is not the purpose. But God wants to give the necessary knowledge to do the works of the ministry. And of course you agree with me that the ministry to Muslims is one of the ministries that God would like the church to get involved effectively in. The church in America almost was totally ignoring Muslims. God allowed 9-11. God allowed it. And God is using 9-11 to wake up the church. Wake up now. Hello? What have you been doing to the Muslims lately? <laughs> Most of the churches will discover not really much, not much. So, I'm going to share with you information so you can understand what's happening and you can be a partner with me, with my ministry, in doing the work of the ministry. And this is the purpose of my presentation here today, is to help you actually be a part of the ministry to Muslims. And that's actually why God brought me from Egypt to you. You see, this is not my ministry. This is, should be the church ministry, according to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And you can't escape the responsibility by saying you have a job full time. I have a job full time. My church, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, Chuck Smith, offered to pay me a salary to join the staff. I declined. Why? Because I, God told me, your ministry should not be on a staff at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Your ministry should be for the whole body of Christ. Earn your living, keep your job, and I can use you to do the ministry. You don't have to be full-time. If you walk with God, if your heart is to serve God, God can use your life big time when you have a full-time job. God brought me from Egypt to partner with you to do what? Two things. To help other Christians know how to answer the Muslim, most important questions about the Christian faith, to help them understand. And number two, to communicate the gospel to Muslims in America. At least in America. At least in Orange County. <laughs> At least. You, we, the churches in America did not go where Muslims live. God brought Muslims where the church is. God could have not made it any more easier. Very easy. And uh, today, you will get the best chance to be a part of the ministry to Muslims in taking the gospel to Muslims. And I will show you how in the end. But let me now share with you another part of the big picture. Genesis 12. God chose Abraham and God told Abraham, I will bless you and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It's always God's will to choose someone, to choose a small group of people like you and bless you. God bless you? Big time. 
God created you in the best country in the world, America. God put you in one of the most beautiful places in America, Orange County. God guided you to a spiritual knowledge and insight and good Bible teaching and gave you good leaders like Pastor Arsh and Pastor Neil and give you servants that have his heart. Even the secretary, Colleen, and her husband, and James, the missions, many people. God give you many people, servant, the people that are doing the, the sound and everything. God give you what you need to have a strong Christian life. And we are just starting. Life is tough. God put his spirit in you. Promise to be with you every day, every minute. We have a sinful nature. God forgave all of our sins because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Life is short. God gave us eternal life. God blessed us big time. And God is blessing us right now. And God will bless us forever. Especially after we leave this life. It's going to be glory. And as he told Abraham, I will bless you. And through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God is telling us the same thing. I blessed you. I am blessing you. I will bless you forever. Because I love you. But I also want to use your life as a blessing to a few more families. It's fair enough. And since the Muslim families, including the one that lives in Orange County, are some of the most neglected from the churches in America, make no mistake about it, God wants to use your church, you, as a blessing to a few Muslim families. When and how, we don't need to worry about this. Because God is awesome in providing divine appointment. When I left Egypt, you think it, it, it was in my wildest dream to do what I am doing now? Of course not. I came 1980. I was, uh, didn't speak good English, didn't know anything, didn't know what I should do. And God guided me and opened for me a door for the ministry. But let me continue uh, communicating information about the big picture. In Genesis 17:20, God promised Abraham and told him, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful. Ishmael is the physical and the spiritual ancestor to the Muslim people. God himself named the Hagar unborn son Ishmael, which means God hears. And Genesis told us that God heard Hagar's misery when she was kicked out of Abraham's house. And God promised her to multiply her descendants exceedingly. And in Genesis 21, Hagar and Ishmael were dying from thirst in the desert Ah, what happened? 
A beautiful emotional story brought tears out of my eyes many times. God himself intervened, opened Hagar's eyes to see a well of water. And God himself saved their lives. Told Hagar, do not be afraid. Lift up the boy, Ishmael. What is that tells us? It tells us from the beginning, if it were just a mistake that Abraham did, resulted in the birth of Ishmael, God could have deleted this mistake from human history. Just let them die. But by saving their lives personally through America, God declared to all of us that he had marvelous plans from the birth of Ishmael and good intentions from him and his descendants, namely Arabs and Muslims. A thousand years after Ishmael's death, his name and his son's names, Kedar and Nebaioth, were carefully recorded in the holy text. First Chronicle chapter 1, verses 29 to 31. Isaiah 21, verses 13 to 17, links Kedar one of Ishmael's son, with the Arab people. Why it's important? Because Isaiah 60, which many Christian scholars consider to be the climax of Messianic prophecy, tells us in verse 7, Kedar and Nebaioth would be gathered together with their flocks to the Messiah's fold in the day of the harvest. Very interesting. Why? Because the time these words were recorded, Kedar and Nebaioth, Ishmael's first two sons, had been dead for about a thousand years. Clearly these words refers to the descendants of Kedar and Nebaioth. They would be gathered with their families to the Messiah's fold in the day of the harvest. Acts 2, Jesus' disciples were filled with the Spirit. What happened? They communicated the gospel in the languages of people from Libya, Egypt, Arab people. Jeremiah 49, I believe, verse 38 and 39, Persian Muslims will come to Christ. Isaiah 19, 21, Egyptian Muslims will come to Christ. So the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. In that day they will acknowledge the Lord. Isaiah 19, 25. God said, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handwork, Israel, my inheritance. From Isaiah we know that Iraqi Muslims will come to Christ. Listen to this good news. Every conference I went to, whether in Asia or Africa or Europe or America, most of the missionaries and my friends, pastors in Muslim countries, tell me thousands and thousands and thousands of Muslims come to Christ. In the past 30 years, more Muslims have come to Christ than in the past 1400 years. One of those Muslims is my wife. Born and raised as a Muslim. She was attending Islamic University, Dar al-Uloom in Cairo, Egypt. One of the most prestigious, except only Muslim students. She was majoring in Islamic study and Arabic language to become a Muslim teacher and Arabic teacher. 
got born again. One of those Sundays, she was going to share her testimony with you. But today she is uh, tired. Can you do it, Hannah? You can't probably. She's so tired. She barely came with me. Thrown in prison. Suffered for Christ. God, listen to this. God connected her in prison with three other ex-Muslims. Somebody got them a Bible. They were studying the Bible every morning. They were singing Christian songs all night. Most of the night. They attracted most of the Muslim prisoners. They told them, what are you doing here? Why are you singing? The place is filthy. The smell is horrible. The treatment is not human. And you will be executed. Why you are singing? Who are you? <laughs> they told them, Jesus. Many of them got saved. And then God used the American government to set them free. God has been using many, 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 many ways to save Muslims. One of the ways that God used is 9-11 and all the terrorist uh, actions by fanatic Muslims. How? God used this fanatic violence and killing by Muslim suicide bombers and terrorists to communicate to most of the Muslim world that the Quran is not from God because it encourages and supports violence and killing and fighting and killing of innocent people. God used visions and dreams. God used miracles. God even used a Catholic actor. Most of my friends in Muslim countries went to the theater to watch the Passion in Muslim countries. And they saw thousands of Muslims weeping when they saw Jesus crucified. A rumor got out there that the movie is portrayed the Jews in a bad light. The movie is anti-Semitic. Most of the Muslim leaders in all the Muslim countries bought the movie, put it in their theater, and told their people, go watch what the Jews have done to Jesus. <laughs> you talking... <laughs> It's a privilege to serve God. But God can get the job done with or without my help. God can get it done. Who would imagine that God would use a Catholic actor? But God can. How much more He can use you and me? You see? Why God is doing that? Because the Bible told us that God is love. God so loved the world, so loved that God is passionate about people. God is in love with every living person. That's why He sent His Son. That's why He came, became a man and suffered. It was because of love. That's all. Because He loves the people. He wants to enter into fellowship with every living person, including every living Muslim. And during this relationship, God wants to exercise his favorite thing, 
to love on people and give people the best life possible on earth and God finds his pleasure in spending eternity with as many people as possible. That's why the Bible told us there is a celebration in heaven. Party time, the choir is playing, the angels is dancing, hallelujah, with one sinner that repents. This is the most important thing to God, is to enter into fellowship with people and spend eternity with as many people as possible. That's why the Bible told us God wants all people to be saved. This is God's desire, God's heart. God's heart is aflame with love toward every living person and toward every living Muslim. And he is always trying to change my heart to be like his heart. God sent his son not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3.17 In Ezekiel 33.11, God said, I have no desire in the death of the wicked. Wow! God loves bad people. God loves sinners. Jesus said the righteous don't need a savior. I did not come for righteous people. I came for sinners. God even loves and wants to save Muslim terrorists. Saul was a terrorist. But he was a Jewish terrorist. His goal was to waste the church, lead with the church. When the church was vulnerable and the baby, Saul's goal was to destroy the church. God loved him because he was doing it <laughs> without realizing that he is doing it ag- something against God. All these Muslim terrorists, Satan convinced them that they are serving God. And God saved him. I love what James Reese said. Most of the churches in America and the Christians have been impacted negatively by Muslim terrorists. And Satan managed to turn them off from making the effort of befriending Muslims and loving Muslims and communicating the gospel to them. Jesus, Satan is winning. The Bible told us, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus said, love your enemy. Let me tell you this part of the big picture. Most of the American Christians and pastors, the average, have as much sympathy toward Muslims and Arabs as first century Jews had toward Samaritans. They lack Satan robbed them from the motivation to evangelize Muslims effectively because love is the strongest motivation to evangelize, to tell people about Jesus. You always want to tell people the person about Jesus whom you love. Satan won. And let me share with you this. Communicating the gospel to Muslims is not only fulfilling the great commission, the most important thing that God is asking the church to do, go and preach the gospel to all creatures. It's not only that. But it is related directly to fulfilling the greatest commandment. How? 
I will tell you how. What is the greatest commandment? With all your heart, soul, and mind. When we love God, when you love someone, you want to bring him pleasure. Isn't that true? When we love God, we want to cause celebrations in heaven. And we want make his day. And we want him to be satisfied and happy. And the most, the only thing that really satisfies the heart of God is when he enters into fellowship with someone that doesn't know him. This is the most important thing according to the Bible. That's why God came and suffered. This, this is what the gospel is all about. And that's why if you remember Jesus told the Jewish man in Matthew 22 the second greatest commandment in the Bible is huh? and Jesus said the second greatest commandment is exactly like why? why God? I want to love you and worship you and uh, <laughs> but why you make love my neighbor as myself is exactly like loving you. Aha! Because I can't love God and bring him pleasure without loving my neighbor as I love myself and making a serious effort, a continuous serious effort to help my neighbor enter into fellowship with God. But many of the churches in America and Christians in America is like Jonah. God said, go to Nineveh and the Christian or the church will think about it. Nineveh is is wicked people, the Ninevite, is part of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire is against Israel and I love Israel. Then the Ninevite should go to hell. True, but so do you, Jonah. So do everybody should go to hell. (laughs) You know, but God doesn't want people to go to hell. God wants to save as many people as possible. This is the point. Now, another part of the big picture is the Muslim people are God-conscious people. What does that mean? It means they believe that there is a creator and they make a serious effort to obey God and to please God. But they just, unfortunately, have 20% correct information about God and 80% wrong information about God. They don't know how to please God. They don't know how to enjoy God's forgiveness. They don't know. But they are seeking Him. They are God conscious. The Muslim person... One of, the shop, one of the chapters in my book is a description of the relationship to God, to the believer in, in the Bible, father to child, and God wants to have a love relationship with the believer, and God wants to give us heaven as a free gift because of his love and grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and compare that to the, to the relationship of God and the believer as it is described in the Quran, God is the master and he wants believers to be his slaves. And that's it. 
growing up in Egypt, we had servants. The servants can be dismissed. And that's exactly the status of the Muslim believer. Even if, even if the Muslim believer perform all the religious duties that God is asking him to perform, according to the Quran, God has the right to dismiss him and not to forgive his sins and not to accept him in heaven. Even Muhammad himself, when you read my book, even Muhammad himself did not know that he is going to heaven. So the Muslim people, the majority of them, seeking God, making effort to please Him, conscious of His judgment, but their efforts leave them restless, without peace, without joy. They are like thirsty people drinking from salty water. They are looking for something very hard, only found in the Bible through faith in Jesus Christ. But don't forget that God is looking from heaven to the majority of the Muslim people trying to please him and they are frightened from him. He does not give them any guarantee to go to paradise with one exception if they were killed fighting the enemy of God. And he is looking for, God is looking for, at his church, especially in America, whom he blessed tremendously with spiritual insight, with spiritual knowledge, with biblical knowledge, blessed his church with his presence, with the Holy Spirit, gave his church in America everything, and God is wanted to tell the church in America, go out! Do something! Find someone! Find a Muslim! <laughs> Communicate my love! Communicate the message of my salvation! That's exactly the picture. Because the Bible said, how can they call on the one of whom they have not heard? How? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? This is God's way to communicate his love and his salvation through the body of Christ. Now let me give you another part of the big picture quickly, because I am running out of time. The Muslim culture. You already in harmony with one of the Muslim culture. You already got close. Thank you. This is the Muslim culture. Let's get close. Family, group, the church members stick together forever. Another part of the Muslim culture is the personal relationship. American culture focuses on accomplishment, achievement. American people are awesome people. Me and my wife talk about that all the time. God gifted them with the ability to think smart and to achieve and to accomplish. They are brilliant. They do everything very well. Without the American people, I w Christian Americans, I would never have a book. Because they put it in the computer, we change it hundreds of times, they edit it. I, all my board is Christian Americans. Why? Because they are awesome people. They always tell me, you need to do that, you need to do that. We need to think about that. We need to have a business plan. We need this, we need that. We need a flyer, we need do. Awesome. God gifted the American people. The American people went to the moon. I still don't know why they went to the moon, but they went to the moon. <laughs> they have to accomplish something. The Muslim people and the Arab people is different. They focus on personal relationships. What does that mean? 
The most important thing when the Muslim meet you, you're going to meet a Muslim. I guarantee you that. Especially after today. This is usually how it works. God want to prepare you first. So when you give you a chance, he wants you to take, uh, do a good job and use the chance and the opportunity. When you meet a Muslim, the most important thing is the Muslim want to find out, he's going to look at your eyes. To see you have a cold eyes or warm eyes. He's going to feel the way you say hello. Is it superficial? Hi, what's up? And you, you're looking all over the place and you're talking about something else. Or is it genuine concern about his well-being? How are you today? How do you feel today? How is your family? How is your health? Did you have a, do you sleep well? Uh, do you eat healthy? Uh, most Muslims in America did not have Christian Americans put his hand around their shoulders or pray with them. I seen Muslims came to my church, one of the best churches in America, Calvary Chapel Gustamis, and they stood in the middle outside the church. And they look Muslims, they look foreigners, dark. And I watched what's going to happen. There is no American came to them and they engaged them in conversation uh, or shake hand well. Of course, nobody invited them for lunch or anything. See? This is not what's supposed to be. Love your neighbor as yourself. You're talking about the greatest commandment in the Bible. When you meet a Muslim, see, Satan convinced Muslims. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened yesterday in the public library of Tracy. When we were giving the book, my book, as a gift to all the Muslims, about 60, 70 Muslims, one of them from Palestine, I told him, oh great, I love the Palestinian. I write something in the book, I, I, I hope that you will enjoy God's love in a more personal and deeper way. It's my gift to you, and I give it to him, he told, thank you so much, thank you. I will read your book. And he told you, he told, asking me, where did you go to church? Are you a Coptic? Coptic Orthodox. Because these are the majority of the people in Egypt. I told him, no, actually I am an evangelical. He told me, what? You are an evangelical? I told him, yeah. What's wrong with that? He said, take your book. I don't want anything from you. I told him, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Evangelical people believe in the Bible. He said, no. They are bloodthirsty. They are criminals. They hate Palestinians. They hate Muslims. They hate Arabs. I knew what he was talking about. Let me give you an example. Satan convinced most of the Muslim world that American and Christian Americans hate them and they are their enemy. How, and Westerners. How he managed that? Through political conflicts. He used the Crusaders when they invaded Muslim land and they slaughtered a few hundred thousand Muslims. To tell the Muslims, Europeans don't love you. And then he used the colonial period when Europe invaded and occupied 85% of the Muslim land and told them, see, they want to exploit you, sheep labor and sheep land. And then he used the blind support of Christian leaders to Israel in her conflict against the Palestinian to tell the Muslims, Christian leaders don't love you, evangelical, especially evangelical. Let me give you one example. I was watching TV about a year and a half ago. Pat Robinson came on interviewing some 
Israeli officials and some of the illegal settlement in the West Bank. Considered illegal by the whole world, including America, Israel keep expanding the settlement. Pat Robinson said, God said, he's not the only one who is saying that. God said, I bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Israel is God's people. They are in a fight against the Palestinians. My brothers and sisters, we need to join Israel in her fight against the Palestinians and against the Muslims. Now, he did not offend me. Because I go to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. My pastor, Shaq Smith, is blindly supporting Israel. I am pro-Israel. I want Israel to win. At least I can go. I want Israel to take the whole Middle East and I want America to take the whole world. I think it's going to be a better world. But I'm not going to share these views with Muslims. And don't tell Muslims that I said that. Did not offend me. I, at least I can go back to Egypt, enjoy my properties. I lost all, I lost all my properties and my career, my legal career. I can go back to witness to Muslims in Egypt without being beaten like it happened to me or arrested. Don't have to fear about my life. So he did not offend me. I had a good day. But I told my wife, Satan is going to use this. Imagine. We did not go where Muslims live. God brought to Muslims. In America, there are about 20 million Muslims. In America. Many of them, probably a few millions, watching on TV, a prominent Christian leader, doing what? Mobilizing the church. To do what? To join Israel. In what? In her war. What are we talking about? We're talking about tanks and warplanes. Against who? Against the Palestinians who don't have tanks or warplanes. What made manners worse, that the Israelis are lousy shooters. They miss 80% of the time. You've seen what happened in Lebanon. Every day they kill 20, 30, 50 women and children. They killed a thousand women and children. The whole world was taking pictures and saying, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Most of the people, Hezbollah was killing with Israeli soldiers. Most of the people, 99% the Israeli was killing with women and children. What happened, if you remember? Okay, that's bad. Uh, government fighting, but we got nothing to do with it. No, what ma- make matters worse? A bunch of the Christian American evangelical leaders. Bunch of them. Some of the most prominent did what? went to Washington and told Bush, America said Israel will never stop. Israel will continue bombing. Bombing who? You bombing women and children killing every day. The whole world is saying enough. Stop. Israel said I will never stop. Okay, government fighting. That's bad, but government fighting. Government are not perfect. But what made matters worse for us these Christian leaders went to Washington and told the Bush, don't ever let Israel stop. Finish them. My brothers and sisters, I know this is not politically correct, but I heard it in our Christian radio station, most Christian radio stations, on TV, I read it in Los Angeles Times. The evangelical leaders 
warning bush, don't ever let Israel stop. And then we want them to love us? Hello? <laughs> Maybe if we are, we want them to leave their faith and leave their families and join our families and come to our churches? When our leaders like that, Satan used the political conflicts to widen the gulf of separation between Muslims and Arabs and the Christian Americans and convinced Muslim Americans, Muslim people, that Americans and the Christian Americans are your enemy. They hate you. They want, to, they want you dead. And then Satan went to the American and told them, look at the Muslims, look at the Muslim terrorists, they kill innocent people, 9-11 they kill thousands of innocent people, they kill innocent people in Israel, they are horrible, they want to kill all the Jews, all the Israelis, and they want to kill all the Christians, you must be against them and you must support actions of war against them. And which Christian leaders did in the war of Iraq, they supported the invasion of Shaq and Ah, which killed about 80,000 Iraqis, just like that. And Satan now managed to stop the American churches, a giant, with all their billions of dollars, managed to stop the American churches from communicating the gospel to Muslims, pure and simple, God loves you. God sent Jesus to die for your sins. God wants you to become his child. God uh, want to forgive your sins. We love you. We want you to join our family, the family of God. Satan managed to stop the church from doing that. Why? Because now the message of the Bible, uh, gospel is mixed with politics and war and conflicts. And the churches in America actually presented the God of the Bible as the God of Israel. Very dangerous. Because the Bible in Romans 3.29 says the God of the Bible is not only the God of the Jews, but he is the God of the Jews and the God of the Gentiles also. So why I am telling you this background? Because when you meet a Muslim, the most important thing that you want to accomplish is we are not responsible about what the Christian leaders are doing or about what the political leaders are doing. Ask it, God is asking us to pray for our government, to pray for our American government, to pray for, for Israel, to love them and help them all. But we want to assure you that every true follower of Jesus Christ loves every living person without any distinction of race or religion. We want you to know that the God of the Bible is love. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we became born of God's Spirit. God's Spirit came to live within us. And look, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love. We, every true followers of Jesus Christ, we love the Israelis. We love the Jews and we want them to live in peace and have a good life. But we also love the Palestinians. We love the Arabs. We love the Asians. We love the black. We love the white, blue eyes. We love everybody because the God we follow is love and God lives within us through his spirit when we put our faith in Jesus. And God loves you. Satan is trying to ruin our relationship between Christian Americans and Muslims and Arabs. And are you responsible about what your leaders is doing? He's going to tell you, no, tell, tell him, neither do we. And I fought with that Palestinian man. I told him, listen, I am not responsible about what Pat Robinson is saying. He said, do you see what Pat Robinson is doing? I told him, listen. 
I'm your friend. I love you as much as I love the Jews, as much as I love everybody. You insulted me. I love you. Look at my eyes. I love you. I am giving you my book as a gift. Are you responsible about your leaders? He told me, no. I told him, why you hold me responsible about the Christian leaders? I don't know what they are doing. And after 10 minutes talking, I'm fighting with him. He took the book. <laughs> Remember this. God is longing, longing to reveal his passionate love which was manifested on the cross to reveal it through your eyes, through your words, through your spirit. To who? To every non-Christian you meet. This is the most important thing, the first thing that God wants you to accomplish. His love that motivated him to leave heaven and come and suffer, God is longing to reveal it through you to everyone. He doesn't know him, regardless of who that person is, regardless of who that person is. Because God is love and God so loved the world. And he wanna choose, he chose you to experience his love and experience his spirit and now he wanna fill you with his spirit and reveal his love. And you did, I did, when I meet a, you know, when you meet a Muslim, tell him, we love everybody, let's go now eat, let's go eat, let's go eat. A Muslim will tell you, no thank you, I'm not hungry. Tell him, we must eat something together. Anything, we're going to eat something, drink something, let's spend some time together, I want to know about your culture, I want to get to know, you. we're going to eat something together. He will tell you, no thank you, I'm fine, tell him, listen. I want to eat something. I don't like to eat alone. If you don't eat with me, we're going to have a problem. You must eat. Let's go eat. And he's going to eat with you. And he's going to say, he loves me. She loves me. He wants to spend time with me. He wants me to be happy. Personal. Why it's important? It's extremely important because God's love through you is going to be the thing that's going to cultivate his heart. Cultivate the ground. So when you give him a book like that, or when you give him Jesus movie, or when you give him the word of God, the word of God will fall on good ground. And it will produce the fruit. Uh, we are out of time, way out of time. Let's practice one greeting. It's a Muslim greeting. When you see a Muslim, the first thing you do, you smile. Huh? Let me see your beautiful American smile. Beautiful. The second thing you do, you say, Salam Alaikum. Salam Alaikum. Very important. This is a, a godly greeting according to the Muslim. Third thing you do, you ask God to reveal His love through you to Him. If possible, eat something with him. Eat anything with him. Or drink anything. And then, I want you to give him that book. It took a lifetime to put that book together. I want you to give him that book. We have the book today in English and Arabic. And we are working very hard to do it in Urdu, Russian, Chinese, Indonesian, and many other translations. Our ministry is pursuing this project. But we want you to give him that book. To write in the book, 
God loves you, I love you, and I hope that you enjoy God's love in a more personal... Take this out, please. I am losing my audience. Take it out. Thank you. Did you listen to this? To give that book. And remember something. God can use your church supernaturally. You already have a pastor according to God's heart. Pastor Neil. I can tell that. I can say that. A humble pastor and a genuine one. You already have a mission leader that God gave him a burden and a passion and a heart, a strong desire to communicate the gospel to Muslims. Let me tell you something. I've been to hundred, I spoke in hundreds of churches in America and I meet thousands of pastors. You have unique pastor and unique mission pastor. You have me. God brought me from Egypt to you. I was not supposed to come here. I was supposed to live and die in Egypt. Because my father, my grandfather is a lawyer. My father is a lawyer. God was raising me up to take over his legal firm. My father. Everything was awesome in my life. <laughs> we had a cook to cook delicious, spicy Egyptian food. <laughs> and perfect parents. Everything was good. We owned the legal firm, the building, everything. Everything was good except one thing. Most of my clients were drug dealers and criminals, and all of them were guilty. They were guilty as hell. I haven't met one innocent client. And my father told me, it's your job to get them out of prison. And God told me, this is not your job. God talked to me about Moses. I told God, what can I do? This is my destiny. God said, no. Your destiny, I created you to serve me. I told him, what can I do? Talk to me about Moses. Moses left Egypt, preferred to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. God said, leave Egypt. I left Egypt 1980. For 17, 18 years, God told me, don't study for the California bar exam. I was studying full time. God said, no. I want you to work as a waiter, a server. I want you to learn how to deny yourself and serve people. And wait for me by faith. 17, 18 years as a waiter, all my family said, you are a disgrace. You are a loser. My older brother, judge in the Supreme Court in Egypt, he said, what are you doing in America? I told him, I am waiting for God and learning the Bible and waiting for the ministry to Muslims to, to open. And my brother told me, what are you doing in America? You're working as a waiter? I told him Moses worked as a shepherd for four years. He told me Moses was 2,000 years ago. Now you need a career. Idiot. Come back to Egypt. You are a loser. What Jesus said. You never waste your life when you lose it for his sake. I lost my legal career. But I wouldn't 